We know more than we ever have about what it takes for optimal learning, and we're putting it into practice for children across Los Altos School District. I'm Sandra McGonigal, the Superintendent of Schools. And I'm Greg Drummond, Director of Teaching and Learning. Welcome to the LASD Experience. All right, here we are. It's official, episode one of our podcast, We're Gregory. We're doing it, Sandra. We're doing it. I'm super excited. Neither one of us are professional broadcasters. We are not. However, we are now. We sure are. And, you know, my favorite line from you recently is, I have a face for radio. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank true. you. Thank you. All right, so uh, let's chat a little bit. I was thinking about... Um, how much I love my job as superintendent. And one of the things I love about it especially is that I have more time than I've had in the past to get out and into our classrooms. And it makes me so happy. It is one of the best parts of our job. Such an interesting perspective to go out and see what's happening, not just in one classroom, but all of our classrooms across the district. It's a really unique position to be in. Absolutely. And so part of our... uh, want for this podcast is to really bring our classrooms to life for our listeners, for our families, for our community, for people everywhere, Um, because the classrooms we see today might look somewhat similar to my own elementary or middle school experience, but uh, we've evolved. It's... um there's a there's a researcher that I follow, John Hattie. Mm, I yeah. know you follow him too. Yep. Pretty much everybody in education knows who yes. John Hattie is. And John Hattie, I read one of his books last summer about developing teacher expertise. And uh, one of the big ideas that really resonated for me was the idea that expert teachers know what classrooms look like and feel like. Mm, so nice. And uh, the look like has always been important to me. Yeah, and I've sure. held that in my head, but it was the idea that was kind of new from an educational researcher that uh, we, we pay attention to what a classroom feels like mm. as well. Yeah. And there's definitely a feeling when you walk into LASD classrooms. There sure is. Um, which actually has, you know, something to do with what is happening now in our field around the science of learning. You've heard Mm. this phrase come up a lot, the science of learning. Um, We've been following a group called the Learning Policy Institute. Oh, yeah, I love them. Uh, The Learning Policy Institute's a nonprofit. They do high-quality research to improve the quality of education. It's spearheaded by a... The fabulous Linda Darling-Hammond out of Stanford. She's uh, the president of the State Board of Education as well. Yes. And... Uh, they've created a set of design principles really framed around the idea in the science of learning that uh, you cannot create a learning environment that humans learn when, uh, like, there's a tension to both the social and emotional aspects of learning as well as the academic aspects of learning. So in order to create a really dynamic classroom for students, the two need to be intertwined. 
Absolutely, and so uh, the design principles, along with Learning Policy Institute, they've worked closely with Turnaround for Children, and uh, we were lucky enough several years ago to see Pamela Cantor speak around her work really in the social and emotional realm, working with trauma-informed care for um, students who've experienced all sorts of things. So they're collaboration together has really developed these amazing design principles. Yeah, and we'll link in the resources, um, mm, yeah. uh, both the Learning Policy Institute and Turnaround for Children. Uh, our listeners will hear us in the podcast refer to uh, several graphics and ideas that come from them. One of the reasons we've really uh, tuned in to these two organizations is because as we've walked through classrooms, as we frequently walk through classrooms, um, we can go through and name things that are happening really well, but we've wanted a way to be able to, in a simple um, framework, explain to our community the great things that are happening for students in our classrooms. Yes. Uh, so without further ado, We're in it. can we spend a little time talking about the design principles yes, for schools? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we often re refer to the framework from the design principles as the wheel. So our listeners will get used to us um, talking about the wheel. Henceforth, the wheel. Henceforth, correct. Uh, the wheel has five parts to it. Do you want to describe a little bit? Sure. Um, the the first the very center of the wheel, um, the design principles call this uh, the they say healthy development learning and thriving in the middle, which is kind of the goal. We've also seen it presented as whole child, but it kind of gets at this idea that as educators we have a responsibility to develop students as full people. Absolutely. Not just to teach them this list Academics, of content yes. or skills. Um, so I, I think that's a really important centering message for this um, about the interconnectedness of all those parts. So we'll look at the first spoke is called positive developmental relationships. Mm, yes. And um, the difference between a positive relationship and a positive developmental relationship pause for just a moment yeah. and think about this, right? Like there's, it implies that some development is happening, that as an adult, I can impact what's happening for this student by leveraging my relationship with them. Absolutely. And parents, uh, we do this all the time with our children, right? Every interaction we do is helping them develop some type of skill, habit, routine, knowledge base, um, that we're intentional about doing that with our kids. And the same is true with our adults who work with children within our organization. We see this in the classrooms when teachers are teaching mm. all the time. Yeah, it's so fabulous right? to see. It's not just like, here's the part of the lesson where I teach, and then here's the part of the lesson where you do. But as a teacher, our teachers are always teaching. Absolutely. So the second spoke on the wheel, um, environments filled with safety and belonging. Mm, I love walking into our classrooms and it really does not matter if it's one of our TK classrooms with four-year-olds in it or one of our junior high school classrooms with 13 or 14-year-olds in it. When you feel the environment where kids are known, have some 
power within the room, some ownership, some agency within the space, um, and are welcomed to be who they are within the space. It makes it so they can take risks. Mm, yeah. That's what it is. Absolutely. All of us have been in a situation where we don't feel totally safe. You can't learn in a place where you don't feel safe. Correct. So you're right. It's the, it's the routines, the structures. That's part of it. There's also the aspect of um, who you are, the identity that matters, and an awareness about um, the diversity in our schools and and um, the different unique experiences each little person brings with them mm. when they come into the classroom. Yeah, and this is about building uh, that peer-to-peer -peer connection within the classroom and the adult-to-student right. connection. It's so great, it's all-encompassing. Love it. What's next? Rich learning experiences and knowledge development. Yeah, that's my jam. Mm. I love it. There's um, this thing that happens in a modern classroom where we talked about routines in a classroom, but many of the routines are about engaging kids to think together. Yes. And that is one of the cornerstones of a rich learning experience is that kids make meaning together. Yeah, and I would say when I think back to my own schooling, this is probably one of the biggest differences that I see in the in what a learning experience looks like for kids. Uh, I feel like most of my education, especially in elementary and middle school, even high school, uh, was really about building my knowledge base. And it had very little to do in engaging rich learning tasks. Mm. It was about the knowledge base. So mm -hmm. knowledge is still important, but we want to make sure that kids are engaged in really rich learning experiences. And that they're the ones doing the thinking. Absolutely. It's a huge part of it, right? Teachers, our teachers in particular, are skilled at giving kids the responsibility to do the thinking. Yeah. And oftentimes uh, we do that, we build our understanding by what you and I love to call making meaning together during that time is where really kids are engaged in the work to learn together. Mm. So great. And in a partnership with teacher, teacher yeah. pushing for further depth, more complexity, so that when our children leave our system, they know how to think deeply about a range of topics yes. and consider new ideas in unique ways that they've never thought of before. Yeah, absolutely. That leads us to the next one, because I kind of alluded to skills, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, next, the next book on the wheel is the development of skills, habits, and mindsets. Um, does yeah. it take your mind to our portrait of a learner? It, it sure does. I wonder how many of our listeners know about the portrait of a learner. Yeah, our members of our community may have seen our, our big graphic um, that highlight the, the six C's, the skills that we want students to develop before they leave um, our organization. And it's really about, and the six C's are, oh, we'll see if I can remember them all, communication, collaboration, creativity, citizenship. Critical thinking. Critical thinking. And one more. And one more. It'll come. 
I can't read it. Don't anyway. pause too long. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but the, the part of the wheel around developing these skills, habits, and mindsets, mindsets is the intention. Just like we want to teach students knowledge and provide them a rich task to engage within, we have to be intentional about teaching our students how to do these skills, how to develop these skills, how to develop these mindsets. Super mindsets exciting. is a very critical one, right? We've been hearing about mindsets since Carol Dweck's important book. Yes. But I don't know, was that like a decade ago? And um, it still is very important, right? Yeah. I was uh, just the other day, I was on a walk around our campus and I saw this kid, he must have been like three years old, and he was carrying this pile of, this armful of toys, and one of the toys fell out of his arms, mm -hmm. and when it fell on the ground, he kind of looked at the toy on the, the ground and then looked at the toys in his hand and then just dropped all of the oh, toys in He'd his given hand. up, but there was no was solution. <laughs> yeah, he had a fixed mindset, right? I can do it one way and it hasn't worked. Mm. Uh, but I yeah. think it's a, it's a nice illustration of what it means to be in one of our classrooms where our teachers are also helping kids develop the belief that they can act with some agency. Yes. That if they put some effort into something, they can learn it and do it and achieve amazing things. And that learning is never easy. We often talk about productive mm -hmm. struggle, that if it's easy, how much are you actually learning? Right. Mm, so good. And the last one. Integrated support systems. Yeah. So with our integrated support systems, we want to make sure that we're helping every student get what they need to grow. This is our definition for personalized learning. Absolutely, absolutely. And that includes students who might need additional challenge, uh, a different layer of depth or complexity, and a student who needs what we call scaffolding or supports um, to help them achieve those grade level expectations. Our programs allow it to be in the classroom, and yes. we also have uh, programs and services for kids out of the classroom for that. Again, getting to greater capacity uh, to direct uh, one's own learning. Yes. And uh, develop all the skills and mindsets. Absolutely. And I think it's important when we talk about these five spokes to the wheel, the developmental relationships and so forth, uh, they are all so integrated, mm. right? It's so hard to talk about... Um, positive developmental relationships without talking about the environment, right. mm -hmm. or it's hard to talk about skills and mindsets without talking about the rich learning. So while we can spend some attention in each part of the spokes of the wheel, they really all go together to build and develop that whole child. So mm, exciting. That's great. Sandra, we've promised a podcast that you can listen to on your drive home from we work. We have. Okay. So our time is near, nearly okay. up for today. Yep. Um, let's just talk a little bit about what our listeners might encounter as they listen to future episodes. Absolutely. So we have some ideas that we want to highlight stories, experiences that are happening across our district and really share those in some detail. We'll we, dive into each spoke of the wheel yes. with some greater depth and clarity. For sure. We have a running list of guest 
uh, guests for our podcast, I want to interview some small people, some hmm. medium-sized people, and some big people, kids, adults, um, from within our organization and from within our community. Hmm. And then I think finally we'll be highlighting some of our programs and um, services that really bring this wheel to life. Absolutely, because this is all about helping to bring the LASD experience to the front and center. Mm. Super exciting. All right, we've done it, Gregory. Thanks for listening. Thanks we, for listening. We really hope you'll come next time. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye.